0: Today is a brand new day, and you have a choice to start transforming your life. Because when you commit to find the keys to unlock your true potential, you will
1: unleash your superhuman powers. If you want to discover how to crush self-doubt, master productivity, bend time, accelerate your learning and more, you need to join us today, because this is the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Welcome to the world of miracles.
0: Hey, superhuman, let's face it, you are bad at forming new habits. Maybe you think of yourself as a non habit type. You are just too much of a free spirit for anything to stick. Well, today's superhuman guest is one of the freest spirits I know, and she wrote the chapter on habit forming for people like you and why it is so important and very possible. My superhuman guest today comes to us from Spain. Her name is Meg Zerger, and besides coaching Superhuman Academy students, she also hosts the Inner Entrepreneur podcast and helps female entrepreneurs create and grow their businesses in a way that is authentic to themselves. In this episode, you will hear the story of a traveling toothbrush and the epiphany it caused. You will learn how a young woman, too shy to order her own meals at restaurants, came to coach entrepreneurs to be confident in their professional and personal lives, and of course, you will learn how to form habits, even if you are quote-unquote not that kind of person. I always leave our conversations feeling energized and ready to take on the world, and I'm sure you will too. So get ready to form some transformative habits with Meg Zerger. Hey Meg, how's it going? Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, Colin, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to get into this chapter today. Like we were, we were talking about earlier, uh, your chapter is about habits. And I know, I mean, if you type in habits on Amazon, you'll see like a thousand books on it. So it's definitely a topic that uh, a lot of people want to learn more about um, habits. Historically, have been thought of as very hard things to form. Everybody's failed their New Year's resolutions at least a dozen times. So uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a topic that, really helps a lot of people. So excited to jump into that with you.
1: Well, I'm excited to talk about it because I used to be one of those folks out there suffering with habits and just, oh, I thought I was not built to make them or keep them. So I'm excited to help anyone that feels like that is their reality because it definitely is not.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll kick it off by letting you kind of explore your background for everybody. But there was one specific story I want to make sure we get to related to a toothbrush. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: I can. I can. <laughs> um, so, you know, growing up, I was definitely... Just very forgetful and kind of disastrous by nature, my parents used to call me the absent minded professor, but um, I, you know, I didn't really realize this. I wasn't conscious of it fully until I got to university. That's when I started really seeing <laughs> really seeing myself in the mirror, right, and there was one specific day that I will remember for the rest of my life that my flatmate was like oh, hey, um, have you realized that you put your toothbrush in a different place every single day? And I was like, no, because <laughs> I hadn't. And I, I had realized that like, sometimes I couldn't find my toothbrush. Like where was my toothbrush? Right. But I hadn't realized that I was putting it somewhere different every single day. Um, and that's how like non-habity I was, or just non-routine I was. And yeah, that's that's the toothbrush story. And that was the moment that I was like, this has got to change. Like it cannot be that you put your toothbrush in a different place every day. It cannot be that you lose your keys all the time. There were just like a slew of things um that I was tired of. And that was the culminating moment that I was like this is enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, misplacing a toothbrush obviously is a small thing, but I know that you've, you've shared with me and in in the book that it had a a bigger impact on your life. Can you, can you share more about how that worked for you?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think spontaneity is certainly a gift, but there's a point where (laughs) it can, it can, um, it can be an issue and it can be an issue when you're not showing up in the same way at any place in your life and so nothing is consistent mm-hmm. and when there's no consistency it's just constant chaos um and apart from that not only that um but you know when when there's no consistency and there's no ordered way in which you do things um you know in the end it's Not only are you not moving things forward, but the question is, like, why am I not moving things forward? And it's like, I don't even, maybe I'm not even having the attention focused on the things that need to be moved forward. Because as soon as I am in my life, like I disappear to this other fictitious place or in my mind, and I'm not even, you know, I don't have the attention to stay in this physical world in which I'm living out my life.
0: And I know you said you you were like that from a young age, but I mean, how did that manifest itself in your life? Like, were there specific ways in which you said, okay, well, I think that, <laughs> I think that's really important for me to start forming habits because not everybody comes to that realization of, oh man, things are chaotic and there's something I can do about it.
1: Um, you know, I got by In elementary and middle school, like I was very, I would turn in crinkled papers or late things and like just beg teachers to accept them and say, this is really good work. I'm telling you, you know, uh, I can't tell you how many times I forgot my spikes. Um, I used to run track, so I'd forget my spikes at a school and my mom would have to drive out and go get them. And she was just like at her wits end with me, (laughs) um, but it was at university that I really started being very interested in what I was learning. And I was so excited and so passionate about that. And I could just see that, like, I could not literally keep up with everyone around me because I didn't have these systems built into place to keep me consistent to move things forward or to just do things in a similar fashion. Um, and, and so essentially, you know, my dreams, it's, they were that dreams because in the end I would just fall off with them because that consistency was really lacking.
0: So if somebody is, is in that same space where they feel like their dreams are unreachable because they can't be consistent, um, what can they do? Lots of good stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think the the first thing is really becoming aware, becoming aware of those moments where they're not being consistent. Um, and we don't we don't all need to be consistent one hundred percent of the time. Absolutely not. Spon- like spontaneity is a beautiful thing, and I think it's great. And flexibility, it's important to be flexible. It's not necessary to be rigid all the time. But it's really deciding what is it that i really want what is my vision what are my main goals and then choosing habits that are going to help you achieve that yes or yes um just really making that foolproof because we can all say yeah i'm going to learn um spanish or i'm going to learn french but unless you intentionally set that time aside and you consistently put an effort forward and you design little habits around doing that, it's not going to happen.
0: Right. So if you're coaching me, let's say I want to learn Spanish or French. Those are your examples. And my life is chaos and I have no habits. Where would you encourage me to start on something like that?
1: Um. I would encourage you, and I think this is maybe sometimes where in such a digital age, it can get a little bit confusing because a lot of us are working digitally. I think for someone who's just, just getting started, just take pen and paper and, um, you know, make it a very physical thing and just, I I think it's deciding, okay, what is it that I want to achieve? Okay. Now, what is it that absolutely needs to happen? In order for me to achieve that, and then there has to be some commitment towards that. Now, that's the other—that's the other interesting piece of this—is accountability, right? Because um, for someone who's not very consistent, I think there are different accountability styles that go with someone who's not consistent. So, um, you know, but there needs to be some kind of accountability. So. Chances are, if you haven't been showing up for yourself, you're not your best accountability partner. You probably need to find someone else that can hold you accountable, whether that be um, in forcing functions and just um, situations that force you into doing what what you want to do. Or someone who is going to say, hey, did you do this? And um, that is that actually works really well for a lot of people. Other people counting on them to do something, they're a lot more willing to do it. So I think that's the first step. And really just taking pen and paper to track this out. So if you commit to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to be doing this. Then you can write that out, and and writing it out is really helpful because when we try to keep everything up in our brain, um, well, a lot gets lost up there, and we a- end up forgetting. So I think, you know, getting really clear on what you want, figuring out what what needs to happen in order for that to happen, finding some accountability to make that happen, and it's got to be written down. In some way, shape, or form, and if chaos is your um, your default, then I would say start with pen and paper.
0: Awesome. One thing that you wrote about in your chapter that I really liked is um, you took kind of the the habit forming gurus out there. <laughs> I'm referencing. I think you you referenced James Clear and BJ Fogg from Tiny Habits and Atomic Habits, um, both great books, great authors. You guys should check them out if you're listening to this. Um, but then you also pulled in that personality side and you said, okay, well, you know, forming habits isn't the same for everybody. Those are really good things you can do. But then <clears throat> based on your personality, the way that you apply those things might change. Can you give us some examples of the, the different kinds of, you know, basic personalities when it comes to, to habit forming and how people can find themselves on that spectrum?
1: Sure. Um, so in the chapter, I talk about neuroticism and conscientiousness, and those are two huge factors which play in. And those two factors, perhaps a lot of listeners out there haven't heard of them. It's um, from the big five model, which is the, um, personality test that is recognized by psychologists, but just on a more simple, um, Maybe just as uh, an easier way to convey this, because I think that a lot more people are um in tune with the Myers-Briggs and they know their Myers-Briggs type. Um anyone that is a P is likely to struggle uh with habits, um, just because J's tend to be uh a lot more about closure. They tend to want things in a a specific way where peas like to keep things open to possibilities, um, don't tend to do things at the same time. Um, And they, they like that spontaneity, right? They don't want to necessarily commit to things. So, you know, in layman's terms, I guess we could say it like that, but I think it would be interesting as well for people to check out the big five um, or the ocean. They can maybe find it as ocean. Um, because this is the personality test, which is recognized by psychologists and just looking at scores of um conscientiousness, which if someone who's is really conscientious chances are, um habits are gonna be an easier thing for them. Um, you know, maybe not. Um, and then neuroticism, if that if that if they have a higher score on that, it might be more of a challenge because that means that, you know, anxiety could be. Um, playing in there or just more emotions that are generally centered around a, a negative tilt. I don't want to say negative because, you know, no, no emotions are negative, right? They're really mm, in the end there to protect us. Um, but I I would say that that is that that's the general case. But I want to really clarify this, Colin, because I think sometimes people get caught up in the personality tests and really labeling themselves. I am this, I am, I'm an ENFP or I'm an INFJ or, you know, whatever it is. And there's merit in that. And I think that's great, but in the end, um, you know, putting it's it's also could be dangerous to put yourself in that box because personality is a very malleable thing and you can, um, make changes to that. And it might be just the way that you grew up um, it may be, you know, the the nutrition. Um, in the end, that's really important. You know, what what you grew up eating, they know that that it plays a part in the way that we can focus in on things. So it's just, there are so many factors that can play in um, to play a role in your personality growing up. And so, look at those scores, check them out, but just know that in the end you really can author a lot of your personality.
0: Shout out to Benjamin Hardy. Personality isn't permanent. Great book. Check that one out. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's really important. I think it is really common for people to, to take those tests and, and put themselves into, you know, a box and say, okay, this is who I am and I can't change. And so I guess I'm stuck this way deal with it, <laughs> but that is a really good point. Like that's, that's not really how it works and, and you can change over time. And so, you know, the, any approaches to habit forming or anything else, you know, really will be dependent on where you're at right now. And it could, could be different than it was two years ago or it could be different two years from now. Um, so that's important. So for somebody, regardless of, you know, um, what their Myers-Briggs type says they are, if they just feel like somebody who, who hasn't been able to form habits effectively, maybe they feel, they're probably not the most conscientious <laughs> and, and structure doesn't work well for them. Um, as a coach, what are some, what are some compelling questions that they could ask themselves that would help them to to figure out what they really want and how to get there?
1: Mm. Okay. So come I just want to clarify this, Colin, and this is a very coachy thing to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, ask me a question. It's the right move. All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> um, so then what you're looking for is are questions to help them decide what it is that they want to do, not necessarily to create more structure. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So if I'm somebody who is like, I want, I, I know my life is chaotic. I can see that part. And I know habits are probably going to help me get there, but I don't actually really know what I want. And so I don't know what habits to create to get me there. Because that's that's a really common stumbling block I see. It's like people understand that they need routine in their life, but they don't actually know what they're aiming towards. So what are some questions as somebody who's living in chaos that I could ask myself to kind of figure out a, a direction for myself to to start building those habits?
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. Sure. So. First, I just want to drop another book, you know, since we're recommending over here. Um, and I think it's What Colors Your Parachute? Um, great book. And I cannot tell you the author.
0: I'll find that one. I'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I haven't do. heard of that one before.
1: Yeah, it's a great book um, for really figuring out, you know, what what career path do I want to take. But I loved some exercises that he did. And, you know i guess the question that would be generated through that it would be what are the times in your life that you're the most happy and you're the most satisfied and um the exercises that he provides in that book are to write out stories you know just narratives of the seven moments that you re- relish and remember the most of just uh, really enjoying yourself. Maybe it was where you helped a colleague at work um, and what that looked like, or helping a family member, what specifically you were doing and how you helped them. Um, so really so tap into those moments that you have really enjoyed and um look at what what is it that you're really enjoying? Why is it that you were really enjoying those moments? Um, so I think that's a really good starting point. And then I would say another question is if you had a magic wand and you could create any reality that you wanted to create, what would that look like? Because I think a lot of times we create a reality based on what we think we can create. And there's so much more that is available if we're willing to, open our eyes and our mind to that.
0: So if I'm understanding this right, you're saying a lot of people start out with thinking, what can I do right now? Like, what am I capable of? And therefore, (laughs) what reality can I create with those resources? And you're saying, flip that on its head. What's the reality that you want? And if you could create it, you know, if you had a magic wand and then work backwards from there. Is that right? Exactly. Awesome. I really like that. I think it's, I think it's really helpful to go to that experience. Like, wh- what are the moments that you've relished in your life? Because um, that's something that I think most people can, can come up with, even if it's hard for them. It's kind of nebulous to think of what do I really want. Well, what has been good in the past? I think that's that's really helpful. Good questions. Mm. Just so everyone knows, I'm totally putting Meg on the spot with this stuff. This is not scripted. <laughs> so, she's got skills. Awesome. All right. So let's say I'm that person. All right. Now I've got some ideas. I know what I want. And I know, you know, personality affects that. I I know some of the resources I can get for forming habits. But you mentioned accountability. I know that's, that's something that gets talked about a lot, but it's not always clear how to implement that. How can somebody who wants accountability, who doesn't really have it, And maybe they, let's just make, give you the hardest possible situation. (laughs) Maybe they live by themselves. Maybe they moved into a new community. They don't have anybody that they know immediately close to them or someone who lives with them. What can somebody in that situation do to find accountability? Are they out of luck?
1: Well, I think we're all connected these days. So (laughs) I would say not, you know, I live in Spain and most, a lot, a lot of the people that I connect with are, um, in the States or, you know, in English speaking countries. Um, and there are lots and lots of people that are willing to connect online. I think, um, a coach is a great person or maybe a peer in a program that you may be, um, completing. And so that might be something, um, that you would do, right. Sign up for something you're, excited about learning or, you know, is going to take you where you want to go and finding a peer in that group, make sure that peer is reliable, right? <laughs> um, there's that. Um, but there are really different types of accountability. And it depends. Um, it depends how you respond to accountability as to what kind you want to create. I think the majority of us do really well having to report back to someone. Um, Having someone in some some way measure what we're doing, or just having to tell them, because um, you know we we want to be able to tell someone, oh yeah, I did it, or even you know social using social media as a tool to come out to people and say, hey, I'm going to run this marathon. I just want everyone to know. And you'd be surprised if people tell you know their 500 to a thousand buddies on Facebook um, you'll be like, crap, I told everyone that I was going to do it. I, now I'm going to have to do it. That's accountability. Right. But there are other kinds of accountability that you can create. And I've played around a lot with this, with different clients, just responding different to different kinds of accountability. So, you know, there have been, um, times where I've put myself on the line for clients like, okay, well, if they don't get this done, then I can't go out my run." Cause that I knew they were going to come through for me. Right. Um, so, um, some of my, s- some of the obligers out there that meet outer expectations, but they're not necessarily going to meet inner expectations. If they know that someone else is counting on them, they'll get it done. Yes or yes. Um, another, another route to go is, you know, forcing function, just, um, if you decide that you're gonna run home from work, don't take your car, you take the tram, you take your running stuff, and you've got no other choice but to run home, things like that. Um, so you know, I, I think sometimes accountability is expressed in, as a very um it's just reporting back to someone, but I want people to know that there are so many different flavors that you can really um have as far as accountability goes. So the question is finding what kind of accountability would work for you and setting yourself up in a way that you can experience that kind of accountability that's going to propel you forward.
0: Got it. So when it comes to accountability and also forming habits and exploring what you really want, I know some people are just going to be naturally good at this and for those people, good for you, (laughs) but that's not really who you wrote your chapter for. And that's not really who you're generally talking to. So I imagine a lot of the the kind of people that you seek to serve are people that struggle with confidence. I know that can be a, a really, especially when it comes to accountability, it can be really scary to ask somebody for help or it can be scary to share. Hey, I have this big goal and I'm excited about it. Like, that's a big deal. Um, And I know that at least now you're a very confident person. (laughs) I don't know how you've always been and you've helped people with that. So what does that look like? If somebody really struggles with confidence, what can they do? Mm,
1: mm, mm. Yeah, great question. Um, And just so you know, Colin, I have not always been confident. In fact, I just really, I started a mini series about this on my podcast, um, talking about building confidence. And as someone, one of the stories that I shared is when I was two years old, Uh, My parents got me some birthday presents and I looked at them and I just was like, I can't. And my mom's like, what two-year-old tells you she can't open her presents? You know, one that really just doesn't believe in herself. Um, I didn't start ordering my own food at a restaurant until I was like almost nine or 10 years old, just fiercely shy, um, insanely underconfident. Um, And I, I focus this really on talking a lot about, you know, underconfidence in women because it does show up more for women than men, but I, you know, I'll acknowledge that it also can show up for men. And I, um, yeah, but anyways, if someone is, is feeling underconfident or they're just feeling like, I can't put this out in the world. Hey, I see you. I, I feel for you. Um, and I would say in that case, find people that you can trust because um, there are people that care about you and they want you to move forward. They want you to get your dream. They want you to go after your dreams. They want you to get them. They want you to, um, you know, step outside that box where you are right now and to get greater things that, that you want for yourself. So find those people. Find those people that you can trust. And I would even say in those cases, maybe don't even share it with those that you know are not going to be cheering you on. You know, sh- share it with the people that believe in you. And and you can find those people. Um, and if you can't, reach out to call I and we will help you uh, find those people or we will support you, I'm sure.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's it's easy to to forget <laughs> that uh, even if you you know I've, I've talked to lots of people who feel like there's nobody in their immediate life who, who lives around them who's who's like they are who has big goals or who wants to do something outside the norm and is really excited about it. So it can be really intimidating. To, to share those things, but there are a lot of people. And I, I think I just talking to Jan last episode, hopefully they, I think that's the order we're publishing them and um, talking about that. There are a lot of people like you who are, who would be super passionate and excited about what you're excited about and what you want. They're out there. <laughs> they exist. I promise. Um, and if you're having trouble finding them, definitely. Yeah. Reach out to Meg, reach out to me uh, and we can connect you for sure. 100%. So, along those lines, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing right now? You've hinted at a few things, but I want to paint a bigger picture for people on what Meg does.
1: Sure um so I started coaching just in general, and I was like yes i I coach people, right, but I really didn't know what that meant and what that looked like and so I was just kind of coaching everyone um and as I have taken on clients and worked with different individuals, I've really found a focus. And so now I'm, um, working with female entrepreneurs or creatives. Um, it's really just anyone that has decided I want to be an entrepreneur or an, I am an entrepreneur. I'd like to scale things up. Um, I don't turn away the men, but I, I do, uh, enjoy working with the ladies out there and i think part of that is because um you know that confidence piece is often a struggle i love coaching around that um i love coaching around habits and i think a lot of times what happens in when when you decide to run your own small business or you're working on your small business um a lot of what going a lot of what is going on is around habits. And so it might not be the habits that you necessarily think of, of using your calendar. Um, you know, I think that's a very important one as well. Um, but hidden habits around the way that you talk to yourself, um, the way that you treat yourself and take care of yourself and these kinds of things. So I'm really focused around, I'm really focused on mindset and habits. So, um, helping women to build confidence, helping them to build positive habits that are going to help them get a hold of their time management and the way that they show up in their business and, um, you know, step away from super hustle culture and take care of themselves. And I think, especially as, as women, um, having a different rhythm, right? So everyone has, um, bio rhythms, but As women, we have an extra rhythm, which is the infradian rhythm, and we have to respect that and understanding there's a week of the month that we're not as able to go out there and do all the things. And it might be a a time where we're feeling less confident or perhaps um, just dealing with more sadness or anxiety and so on and um, really helping my clients to work around that um, rather than trying to push through it.
0: So, yeah, I think that's a, uh, a really <laughs> special niche you got there. And I know there are people out there who are looking for exactly what you're doing. And, and I, you know, the mindset and the beliefs and the habits, those are what guide your life. And uh, it's easy to take those things for granted. But if you don't you know what you believe, if you don't uh, know how to change the way that you think, um, it's really difficult to get where you want to go. So um, just a message of encouragement to to all of our listeners. Uh, If that's not something that you've thought about or worked through, maybe it's a dark and scary place for you. I know it is uh, for many people. Um, There are people who can help and it's not a dead end. So if you could leave one message or challenge with our listeners today, what would that be?
1: Wow. Just one. <laughs> okay. Um message or challenge? Hmm. It's such a good uh question. Um Yeah. Okay, there's one message I would like to leave everyone with and it's really this. Um When you start taking care of yourself first, you start loving yourself first, you put those boundaries into place, everything is going to take its place. And it may not be the place that you had envisioned, but it's going to be its proper place. But in order for that to happen, you have to put yourself first, love yourself first, and really set those boundaries and make things happen for that to be protected.
0: Love it. And if anyone wants help, uh, whether it's with habit forming or building confidence or finding accountability, uh, or just wants to talk, where can they find you?
1: Sure. They can find me um, at Meg Zerger on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Um, and I'm the only one in in the whole entire world that I know of. So shouldn't be too difficult.
0: Awesome. And then there's also, of course, Meg's Superhuman Academy coaching page. You can check her out there. And she has a page on the superhumanplaybook.com uh, that shares a little bit more about her chapter as well and some of the resources mentioned within and i'll make sure to link to i think we mentioned like four or five books in this episode i'll try to get those in the show notes as well but meg thank you so much for being on the show today uh this was a really special one and i think this is a message a lot of people need to hear
1: thank you colin i really appreciate it talk soon yep